episode 59, Team Jack, we're back. Thanks to Matt Cohen, who texted out of nowhere last week. Not the first time that's happened, but we were actually able to close. Therefore, I have coffee. I feel like because someone we have closed. tweeted you or us. Well, that's happened a lot. Yeah, but this time, for some reason, we paid attention to it, maybe. Exactly. Um, and you do have coffee. Where are you drinking it right now? I'm drinking coffee it's- out of a... Dirty, dirty looking glass. That's a new development in the world of Team Jack. I don't remember there being coffee involved in the last one. That's probably true. Because the last one, as we just looked up, episode 58, was recorded in what month? December of 2013. Wow. That's crazy. Three years. So many things have happened since then. Yeah. Prometheus. (laughs) That's it. Uh, And I think Prometheus Prometheus had come out. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, how you been, man? Good. We've just, um, we, Matt showed up and set up his gear in the living room here at Casa Condon Morrissey in the Hollywood Hills. And we, um, caught up a little bit with each other. I watched a hawk fly around. Yes. Um, which was exciting for me, but we have, um, we just, we saved all the, the meat and potatoes for the show here. So we'll make up an hour now and hopefully try and get back on a more regular sure. schedule. Um, yeah. I know that at least five people are happy right now. Yeah. Maybe ten. How many, uh, uh, I don't how many know, diehard dude. Team Jackers are there? I don't know. Did we ever come up with a name for what Team Jack God, fans? No. Jackoffs? No. Do you like that? <laughs> we should probably, and with that, we should probably announce that we're kind of no longer on Kevin Smith's internet radio station as there kind of isn't one anymore correct i mean no <laughs> that's what's happened in the last three years right I mean, uh this is definitely still on smodcast okay but only in the sense that it says smodcast on it on itunes like the smodcast website and network has drastically uh changed since the last go-round and basically um i think is it even I don't even know if it's linked on iTunes. Basically, they unlinked all the shows that weren't directly related to Kevin. Right. Or, or like, super grandfathered in. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, like, my show got taken off. All the archives were bagged still there. Bagged and boarded. Yeah. Um, so, you can, like, still search for Team Jack and bagged and boarded on iTunes. And, and find it'll, it. It'll come up, and it even says Smodcast. Right. In front of it. But, um, but there's no Smodcast website proper anymore, I think. Smodcast.com is defunct. Uh no, it's 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 changed to ju- just Kevin stuff. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. The, the 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 network aspect of it. Do you think that's this is like inside baseball for for some of, some of you listeners? But that was remember the back in the day when they um threatened to make everybody pay for their own bandwidth. Do we think that it's directly related to them no, just because cutting still, costs? Still paying for bandwidth. Okay. This has nothing to do with the cost, which is the funny part. Um, and I honestly... You don't even know what the driver is on this, right? Um, no. Someone uh, had told me, like, yeah, uh, so-and-so at Smodco was supposed to call you and tell you about this, and they never did. They never did. No. So I never yeah. had the conversation that apparently some of the other people had from right. the network. Right. But it came down to um, shifting the way they're, they're trying to run the network, right. concentrating on Kevin's stuff. All our stuff is still hosted and paid for in perpetuity, theoretically. Right. Um, but it will. It is not promoted or linked on any 
smodcast things. Right. So it's a weird loophole kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Well, whatever. I mean. I don't know what any of it means anymore, Do you feel dude. sad to not be part of the team anymore? <laughs> no. Not remotely. Um, we were talking before we started rolling here. I do. See, I still see Kevin on the street. Um, often with one of his dogs, you which should is say your neighbors and not just death. not just him, like wandering the streets of Hollywood. Well, exactly, <laughs> in a hospital gown with his yeah. ass hanging out, um, hockey jersey with his ass hanging out. <laughs> often, uh, Jason Muse is walking with him up or down uh, one of the primary streets in going through this neighborhood. Shall I say? Well, Jason Muse is also a neighbor in this neighborhood now. Is he? Uh, for for about three years now. Yeah, lived in for- Outpost. Uh, yeah. It's not revealing anything to say that Kevin Smith and Bill Condon and Jack Morrissey all live in Outpost Estates, which is a, it's a, it's a fairly contained historic residential neighborhood in the Hollywood Hills, directly above Yamashiro Restaurant, which is either just closed or closing, and having been purchased. a, just a Chinese, Chinese bought it to turn it into what we don't know yet. Was it a Chinese concern that bought yes, it? I, yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't know what... Which is weird, because I think it's a Japanese manor it, house, not a Chinese... It is a Japanese manor house owned by a white family that has been bought by a Chinese company. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what they are going to do with it. Um, I think they're going to keep the building, but... They have to. It's under so many historic protection so covenants. what the big thing I read, and this is so interesting for anyone who doesn't live here or know what Yamashiro it's, is. It's fascinating. Yamashiro, <laughs> if you don't know, like, uh, there's a... Japanese pagoda style building on the top of the hills that has a Japanese restaurant and like a farmer's market um, throughout the year. Yeah, I would say it's on a small knoll overlooking the Magic Magic Castle, Castle, which is somewhat famous as well, uh, in an old historic Victorian house. Uh, It's a private magician society. You can dine there and attend magic shows there, but you have to wear, gentlemen have to wear a suit and tie, coat and tie rather. Um, Yamashiro overlooks that. It overlooks uh, so-called downtown Hollywood. It's, the, it's, it's contemporary. It's an L. amazing yeah. view for drinks. So what I read basically was... Um, it goes back... It dates to the same era as the construction of the, the Chinese theater by Sid Grauman. Yes. Right? So, so it's in the, the same so style Egyptian. So what is that, the built 20, at the same time, 20s? probably in the 20s. I think it's 20 or 30s. So the yeah. thing that I read was because of where it's located and how exclusive and how there's nothing else like it in Hollywood, mm-hmm. they realized that they could be charging a billion times more for whatever is happening there, whether it be a hotel or a restaurant, because Yamashiro is not an expensive restaurant. It's not cheap, but it's it caters mostly to the business tourist, it or did, be, we should say, be, in the past tense. In that location, people are saying it should be the most expensive restaurant in town. Yes. And I think that's the it idea. Should have, it should have a great chef, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it should be a better yeah. restaurant. <laughs> it should be, yeah. Because the food there was not terrible, but it was about Cisco good. It, it reminds me of uh, kind of the Tavern on the Green situation yes. in New York, yeah. where that's turned over a million times and closed because they just... While it's a landmark and kind of grandfathered in in the sense that everyone cares about it because it's there, yeah. the food is never anything to talk about. So. Except it's after a multi-million dollar renovation, it reopened within the last three or four years, and the food there is amazing. Uh, Tavern on the Green, on the Green yeah, in, heard, in Central been. Park in Manhattan. Yeah. So that's catching you up on the L.A. Goss. On the Yamashiro. There's uh, what other, the what local other restaurant. restaurant dish. But anyway, Outpost Estates... Also built in the 1920s, 
um, is... Used to have a sign, right? Yes, that was the equivalent of the famous Hollywood sign or Hollywood land sign that became the Hollywood sign. The outpost sign, which again was like the Hollywood land sign, was built by the real estate developer who was trying to sell off lots and properties in his development. The outpost sign faced east... Runyon, and was on a Runyon, ridge right? in what is now Runyon Canyon. And, and if you hike up in Runyon yeah. Canyon, you can still see the rusting uh, steel. I think it's like the O and the T. The There's fallen letters, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the cement, the um, square cement uh, foundation blocks. You know what I became fascinated with, which is, which is kind of on subject for the show? There have been several times in history where they have re- uh, I would say bannered the Hollywood sign for promotional things, which sure. I didn't know about. Yes. And like once it was for a football team and a couple times like vandals got up there and put like weed stuff. Sure. But the movie Cool World. Oh, yeah. Very famously took over that sign and put the Nicole Kidman cartoon on it. And, and That's it, hilarious. I, and I forget whatever the name of Hollywood was in that movie or her, her name was Hollywood right. in that movie, I think. Yes. So they just made it pink and put like the cartoon Nicole Kidman on it for a week. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah. That movie does not deserve that kind of lasting legacy in history. No, it doesn't, right? Can you Who imagine? gives a shit? Yeah, right. People were a little sentimental about that movie for a while. Perverts. <laughs> That's who said metal about that fucking weird movie. Michael Jackson loved that oh, movie. Oh, God, dude. Did you look at the Daily did, Mail article I did, this I did, morning? I did. Well, who I cares? Didn't, I didn't see the new one. I saw the one where it said there was a picture of a girl dressed like Jean Monet Ramsey with a dead goose around. I saw the picture. Neck. Was it there? It's in the Daily Mail article. Yeah. Is it weird? Well, uh, so Devin Faraci, who we should do. Do you like Devin Faraci? Uh, now I do. Okay, so we could have him on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We've had him on the show before, I think. No. No. He's, he's never been on the show. He did house. a show at the Smod Castle. Okay. Which um, was contentious back in the day, but I don't get Well, he and Kevin are I don't got no oil fucking, and water. I don't, right? got, I don't got no allegiances anymore, man. I'm a, right. I'm a uh, um, mercenary, so yeah, I don't give a shit. I think... Plus, um, I like Devin's writing. I always have. He's. I think he's a, um, a very smart, very intelligent, very important voice in the online... Uh, I don't know even what you would call it, fandom space. Filmosphere? What is it Well, now? film Twitter, they call themselves. It's lived birth. What, is it, what did it become? Birth, movies, death. Okay. Which is, which is the newest incarnation A of Badass, Badass Digest, Digest, which is the newest incarnation of... Not Chud. Well, no, Nunziata, Chud's its own, that's own yeah. entity. Yeah, anyway. For, yeah. But Farachi was here. tweeting about it this morning, and... Um, yeah, I mean, so a lot of these images in the Daily Mail article, again, um, in case you've missed this subject, uh, a uh, trove of allegedly porn, well, I mean, some of it is pornography, um, photographs that were themselves kind of photographed or documented at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch estate back in like 2002, 2003, collected and released by sort, um, sources unknown uh, trended on Facebook yesterday, and this morning the Daily Mail runs basically a group and a grouping of them, which are some really old, creaky S and M photographs of this people is, wrapped not, in black yeah, leather. This isn't porn; it's just like and it's fetish. That's it's yeah, like fetish it's just art. like yeah, like it's no weirder than like. And one it, of them is a photograph of of River Phoenix's Chris Chambers and Rob Reiner's Stand by Me. Who gives a shit? Now like, it's not to say we haven't seen all of it. Like there's the best of chicks with big dicks. That's porno. Who doesn't have a trove of that in their house? 
me. Um, it just seems like he was into like fetish and bondage and shit, man. I don't. I, this, to and me, who's surprised by this, given his his fucked up childhood? Um, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit. I didn't. I. Uh, I I didn't think he was as sexual as this, honestly. Yeah, you just thought he was an alien. Yeah, or like an asexual, like alien. arrested, developing man, child, abused yeah. kind of thing. I didn't. You he, thought he was the alien that came down off the mothership at the end of Close Encounters with no apparent genitalia. I mean, he probably had genitalia, but <laughs> um, I don't but know. What I, color was it? This doesn't make this any weird. This doesn't at all tarnish where. And I'm not. <laughs> yeah. How did we end up down this rabbit hole? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> the news, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The dude's been dead a while. I say, yeah. like, yep. at a certain point. Interred at Forest Lawn Glendale. Um, it's kind of like um, Anton Yelchin, who just died in oh a my fucking God. freak horrific thing. This and past Sunday morning. This girl on Facebook was going on a mission to let everyone know that she claims that he sexually molested her. And what? everyone was like, dude, he died four hours ago. Wow. Like she was like, really? if you're going to post about Anton Yelchin, remove me from your Facebook because it's a trigger warning and it reminds me and he raped me. Whoa. Yeah. It's just really? Like, let people die for a little. You know what I mean? What a bumpy. Well, bumpy is a terrible word to use. Fucked up. <laughs> couple of weeks we've had that. I mean, 2016 in general has not been yeah. good for celebrities. Or. Or the world in general. Now yeah, that I think about it. Or, yeah. Uh, patrons of gay bars or concert or, halls or fucking restaurants or yeah or train stations yeah or we forgot all of the shootings theme that park this patrons year. and I'll leave it that I'll leave it at that I don't even know that one how can you not know that one what do you mean theme park patrons oh the, I mean technically it was at the Glen Floridian which is like not in the theme park but. Oh, that's no, that's on the property. I know. I stayed there. My mom called me all excited because we stayed there when we were ki- when I was a kid. <laughs> and I remember your mom read that news and quote called you all excited unquote. She she was very anti. This isn't terrible she was taste very by anti- the way. Even my tone of voice. Is she was excited taste. in the sense that she's like a newsmonger, but she was also very anti alligator. Okay. And like anti Disney in that sense. And okay. I was like, I think it's a horrible thing that happened. And I think it's there, pure horror. There should have clearly been signs posted. Well, the yes, the only thing I would say is there's only like 45, 47 years of experience with with the Disney company in Florida without a single incident. There was one in the 80s, apparently. Really? In this Grand Floridian Lagoon. When I stayed there, there were signs everywhere. And I'm, I was nine years old, I remember this. Uh-huh. Do not go in the water, snakes. Snakes, 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 snakes. Up not and at, down. Yeah, water moccasins and so forth. Because here's the problem. It's Florida. It feeds to the... It, that's not like a man-made... Everything is connected by water in that's Florida. That's not a man-made lake. Like in Disney World in Florida. That thing feeds to real lagoons and ultimately yeah. the ocean and shit. So they even if it doesn't, Even if it doesn't, in certain cases, the you've had reptiles. Yeah. Name your reptile, alligators or snakes, who can and do traverse long very long patches of land to get between two water sources, they will do it. My take on it is this, though. When, like, a shark attack happens or something like this, no, don't get personal, it's, Matt. it's an unfortunate fortunate circumstance, but those animals, there's no, the animals don't have laws. Like, the tiger... And they, they the were alligator. here for yeah. millions of years before was, we were. It was literally our. doing what an alligator does. Yes. And then they shot 
four alligators in response to yes. that. You know what I mean? Well, you know the thing that they say is... I get the gorilla because they, they stopped the death of that child. But did they? I See, I'm less familiar with that particular incident. I mean, all indications were even if that gorilla was not being aggressive, just based on the fact that it's like a fucking 800-pound gorilla and this was a baby, it uh-huh. would have killed it. Okay. Ultimately, just by dragging it, ultimately. Or okay. If it th- flung it up one time, you know what right, I mean? Right. Um, but did the did the, again? I have. I really. I took a pass on this story, which the is one? We can, something we can come back to. Yeah. But did did it ever even make a move? It had the baby by its legs. It did. It was dragging the kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Oh no, no. It had the gorilla had the child. Okay. In its grasp. Totally. Okay. Okay. And they didn't have enough time to tranquilize it. And like, right. Yeah, they had to make the call. Unfortunately, it's not even unfortunate. Like we're humans, I guess human over animals in every. Well, in I mean, every it, case. but again, what is that child doing in that paddock? Well, the real. What I- is the baby? What is the goat doing in the T Rex paddock? The real idea and I, shitty. And I'll give this. Parents. Away, I'll give this away because I hope no one will steal it. And it's registered. I don't give a shit. I actually took a part of that and put it in a screenplay because, like, what happens to that? The amount of pressure that child has to be great now because. It like was responsible for one of the last gorillas dying. Wow. Can you imagine being That's that gorilla boy and growing up and gorilla everyone boy. knowing you traded you, like we traded your life for a gorilla and he winds up being like a piece of shit stoner like convenience. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. So the title, the script title that you registered boy. is Gorilla yeah. Boy. Um. I switched it up. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. I wish. Um. I don't know, man. It's been it, the world is weird and movies aren't great anymore. Well, <laughs> just in general, it seems like. Yeah. Did you um, see any of the big summer movies? Hang on, just one second. Uh, yeah, I've seen quite a number of them, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and yeah, we are. Um, everybody's sort of already. You can just hear the pencils being sharpened and the fresh ribbons being put into the typewriters as. Um, hang on, just one second. I'm looking for a tweet. Oh, okay. Um, while I'm attempting to talk as well. Um, writing this story, the sad tale of the summer of 26, the, ba- the ballad of 2016 at the um, multiplex. It's not a great time. No, um, it's a good time for China, apparently. Here's what someone told me the other day, Jack, and it blew my mind. Ready? Yeah. Two years ago, China had 30,000 screens. Yes. Last year they had sixty thousand, and next year they'll have ninety. They're they're almost doubling their screens per year. So yeah. as of right now, they have the most screens of any country in the world. Right. And that's why Warcraft made two hundred million dollars just in China. But you know what? The one of the main concerns about the Chinese box office or the Chinese business, which is yes, exploding, is the difficulty that these multinational conglomerates of getting money back of gets of sucking what is owed them out of that actual country yeah uh for reasons that i haven't i haven't dove too deeply on but i'm sure have not a little to do with the unbelievably rampant and pervasive corruption at every level of the culture over there you know um what did i see i saw ninja turtles 2 the other day how was uh i liked a lot uh-huh. Um, some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. Well, hopefully not by our friend Noel Fisher from the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2, who, who plays he? Michelangelo. No, 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 no. The turtles were incredible. 
We could probably get him on the show. Megan Fox. That, would that appease you? Yeah, that would be great. Would Megan, you be appeased? Yeah, Megan Fox, um, Stephen Amell uh-huh. were bad. Laura Linney was... It was Shh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Never mind. She was great in it. <laughs> she did a good job. That's hilarious. Her character was underserved, so she did the best with what she had. That's hilarious. Oh boy. Was she terrible? Yeah, it was. She. Cle- I mean, it was. It was shocking. In fairness, not she doesn't quite have what we call an actor's director there. Yes, and even in the theater, as soon as she came on screen and said her first word, I turned to my friend and went, "This is no Laura Linney's a good actress. What's happening?" Yes. Well. She probably had like two days on it and like was acting opposite men in turtle suits and no one told her what to do. I don't think she has a whole lot of experience with that um, uh, particular style of acting or uh, shall we say office environment. Sure. But but all the CGI, if you're if you're a fan of the cartoon, like it was the most fan servicey thing of all time. Whereas the first movie was kind of just a kid's movie. Right. This, this was more almost as much as Marvel Studios. This was geared at dudes in their 30s who watched the cartoon when they were kids. Right. It was just Easter eggs and callbacks and all the stuff we wanted in one movie, you know? Yep. Um, what else? I didn't and see... And has not worked. No, no. It's on the long list of of uh, sequels, reboots, remakes, retreads that haven't sure. really found their audience in the movie theater, at least. Um, Civil War, I think I've only seen two movies in theaters in the last, like, six months. Okay. And I, Civil War I saw, I like that. Okay. Um and and I think Turtles <laughs> is that it? Deadpool. I don't know. I didn't see Batman Superman at all. Did you? Yes. Did you enjoy? No. Okay. I have not. I'm proud of myself. I didn't do Man of Steel. I'm not gonna dip into this Nolan verse at all. I think I'm just gonna take a pass on it. Man of Steel had its um. Not Nolan. Uh, uh Snyder Goyer rather. Yeah, Man of Steel had some virtues. I felt um. Not least of which was that Hans Zimmer score, which I generally love. Um, all the early stuff, as is so often the case with any given Superman movie, the stuff on Krypton, the stuff in Kansas, the stuff with Dad, the stuff with Dad either take your pick, dropping to his knees on the driveway or getting sucked up into the vortex of the F5 tornado. All that stuff is pretty good. And almost always when he... When uh, super, when Clark Kent makes his way to uh, Metropolis. Metropolis, the uh, you still looking for that tweet? Yeah, I'm looking for this tweet which what I is photographed. The tweet? Oh, okay. Um, the movie goes the story tell, the story itself goes into the shitter. Um, yeah, and it's just and and I don't want to I don't want I don't if you liked it I don't want to offend you but there's it, to me it's Man just, of Steel we mean. It's more of an overall mentality with those films and a lot of like interviews that Snyder and Goyer have given and like just experience with Snyder movies in general where I go like, oh, I kind of don't want to support this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's real like misogynistic douchebaggy kind of movie making in my opinion. It's pretty one one note. I mean, do you remember the famous... And there's no humor Do you remember ever. the famous Goyer quote from it was some Upfront or some Paley Center thing where nope. someone in the audience asked, um, will we see Martian Manhunter in the Justice League movies? And Goyer said, the only people who know who Martian Manhunter is have never gotten laid. And I was wow. like, oh, those are the guys we want running our fucking... You know, and that's when I was like, eh. But it's interesting because if you, if you uh, spend any time at all on Twitter, you see that they're appear to be a great many number of people who breathlessly await the um, 
or breathlessly receive the announcement that this or that esoteric comic book hero or villain is going to make an appearance on one of the big four DC Comics CW TV shows or they're going to get a standalone movie or something. I'm always sort of going like, who the fuck is that character, you know? Yeah, I mean, I liked um, Arrow and Flash. I stopped watching both, but I didn't mind them. And I'll be honest, I I love Gotham for some fucking weird reason. Right. Uh, so I, I'm not completely out of the DC thing, but like movie-wise, I could give a fuck. You know what Suicide Squad I'm excited for? Right. I am. That seems like an Elseworld kind of thing, though. Does that make sense? Not to me. DC Comics used to do a thing called Elseworlds, where um, it would be Batman in 18th century London fighting Jack the Ripper. Okay. Not in continuity, not in canon, what-if stories. Yeah. And Suicide Squad seems to, like, it doesn't fit in with the rest of the Goyer movies. It doesn't look like them. It doesn't feel like them. Right. So I'm excited for those kind of theoretical one-off DC movies, but nothing under the direct control of Snyder Goyer. Right. Which seems to be less and less under their direct control, right? I mean, let's hope Affleck takes over. Well, it seems to be kind happening. Of, he kind of is a little yeah. bit, yeah. They need a Kevin Feige. They need a Kevin Feige, which they don't fucking have. Feige or Feige? I've ne- I, Feige, Feige. I've told every different thing, man. Um, and meanwhile, over in, in uh, Marvel movies... Not run by Kevin Feige, Feige, etc. We have the the rise of Simon Kinberg, who seems to be part writer, part producer, moving in the in the tradition of say Akiva Goldsman, another screenwriter who became more like a producer. Didn't Kinberg work with? Isn't there some kind of a mentory thing there? I don't know. I don't know. But Kinberg was was seems to have been active on the last X Men movie. Kinberg has has had some sort of weird power chair on that Star Wars story department sure. kind of on thing up weird, at Lucasfilm. The, uh, the weird think tank they put together? Yeah. Um, or someone goes spinning off. Maybe maybe when Josh Trank went spinning off that Star Wars anthology movie, people were whispering that it was because he didn't get along with Simon Kinberg amongst other reasons that I've since heard, which I find more compelling. I mean, did you see all the... I don't know, I'll talk shit about Trank all day. Did you see all the Trank uh, Fantastic Four stuff that came out after? Well, it's not not been a very good year for Josh Trank. No, I mean, well, he did the thing on Twitter, and then everyone came up with the stories about him. He was like an insane person on set and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think think that man is in director's prison now for a long time. I don't know... The problem with with certain directors who go to so-called movie jail is um, they don't they don't have the versatility to fashion a key to unlock their cell. So, for instance, to to put a nuts and bolts, I'm That's highly caffeinated now, so yeah, the, yeah. the sentences are starting to break down. But to um, to give you a nuts and bolts ex- example of what that would mean for Josh Trank, if Josh Trank makes a movie like Chronicle, written by your friend, yeah. Max, Max Landis, Landis. Yeah, yeah. and then goes on to the studio business that he does. When the studio business, for whatever reason, having to do with his own behavior or not having to do with his own behavior, I'm, I wasn't there. Sure. But when he finds himself in movie jail, can he 
scale himself down to make a movie on the scale of Chronicle. Or smaller. Or smaller and get himself back back in the game. And the issue with a lot of these directors, including folks like... I think Lawrence Kasdan. I mean, I've got examples, and they and I, can't make movies cheaply, dude. And it's not even. And there's other ones too. There's also it, it, it's. It, and I've enjoyed every time I've met this man, and and he, he's been at the Smodcast a lot, and I, I am a huge fan of of a few of his films. But like Richard Kelly hasn't made a movie in twelve years. You know what I mean? That sound you hear is Richard Kelly. No, oh. is literally the sound of me. <laughs> Or the sound you didn't hear, the sound you couldn't hear as Matt got the last of that sentence out was me literally thinking to myself, oh God, is he about to say Richard Kelly, who I was just out with on Saturday night? I, dude, and I'm a, <laughs> Southland Tales is one of my favorite movies. We could get Richard Kelly on this show. I would love to talk to him about this. He had a World War II, he had, a, he had an Iraq thing he was talking he'll take about. You through, he'll take Where? you through his entire... Last time I Saga. yeah, last time I would checked in with him was when the Kevin thing happened. It was right after the box. So like, yeah. and he was talking about all these plans for other films, and then yeah, and and and, I, and I'm happy I brought this up now that you're friends with him because yeah. when I was talking about this the other day, when I was I wouldn't say I'm friends with him. I'm friendly with him. When I was in high school, like he was, I like one, him. He was one of the filmmakers that made me want to be involved in film. Right. He was on my list with Aronofsky and fucking Nolan and Guillermo del Toro and all right. my other angsty right. 1999 indie filmmakers. Right. Inaritu and Cuaron. Richard Kelly was on there. You know what I mean? Right. And, yes. And, and at a certain point, he just stopped making Richard movies. Kelly, who we've talked about on this podcast a few times before, but wrote and directed Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko which is a, a film that, a defining film for a generation. Sure. Uh, and then followed that up by writing and directing Southland Tales, and then I think adapting the Richard Matheson short story, which he directed, uh, The Box, with with uh, Cameron Diaz and James James Marsden and and Frank Frank Langella. Southland Tales starred Sarah Michelle Gellar, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, or The Rock? Uh, It was Dwayne Johnson. Now he's back to The Rock, Yes, which is interesting. Um, Mandy Moore, Justin Timberlake, Sean William Scott, Sherry O'Terry, John Love, like Kevin Smith. Everyone in the world is in that movie. He is, Richard Kelly is going up to San Francisco like next week or week after for a midnight screening of Southland. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. At some theater. I would do that in LA if he did it. In there. (laughs) Well, I mean, that shouldn't be too, I mean... I don't know if there's a demand. We had a screening at Smodcastle in Southland that I, like, I'm a huge Southland Tales fan. Can you just explain what it is? No, what uh, Smodcastle was? It was a theater that uh, Kevin Smith owned that I helped run that was a, uh, it was on Santa Monica Boulevard and it was right. a podcast theater, but we also. But you guys were leasing that theater. You yeah, were four-walling that, that theater, it. right? Yeah, totally. We okay. also had, um, like, movie screenings on the world's worst screen. <laughs> right. Well, that's... It started off with... That's a strong sell. It started off with an inflatable screen. Right. Like one of those big <laughs> outdoor ones. That was Kevin's right. big idea. And it made so much fucking noise from the fan Yikes. that we couldn't show a movie. So then we just put up a white scrim, like a, like a, like a material. Right. It wasn't even right. reflective. And we would just project movies onto that. But we showed like 20 movies at this mud castle. Like a lot of... One of the coolest things I got to do there was like kind of program like a independent movie theater in a sense that like I got a lot yeah. of first run documentaries like seven or eight while we were there that okay. were that were current like uh, 
People vs. George Lucas, and we had that Indiana Jones fa- homemade thing. Raiders. We had the Raiders, but not the documentary, the, the feature that they made. They came okay. and showed that. Um, and we did like a, a lot of cool, like uh, we did like weird retrospectives with like Edgar Wright and shit. It was fun, man. Huh. And then Kevin and Garmin was start- invited yeah. to and moved his gig kind of up to Universal CityWalk, no? To the Lovitz, which no longer exists, yeah. Is that true? Oh my God, you don't remember all that shit? No, well, it's only it's only been eleven years since we've seen each other. So uh, maybe about two years ago, uh, the internet exploded a day, in a day because there were all these accusations made from John Lovitz to his business manager back from Kevin and Garmin against Lovitz. Apparently, okay. Lovitz was just cheating them all out of money, and like wow. it was a sca- it was a, it was like a criminally thing. Wow. So no one was getting paid. Checks were bouncing and stuff. And this was at his na- at John Lovitz's namesake theater up yes. on Universal City Walk. Yeah, totally. Which has now become the what? I have no fucking clue. So they've done a lot of. I they're doing a lot of building up there now. Great. Well, it's it's um. Hell on earth. City Walk. Yeah, I don't like it. Dude, you should go check out what they're doing with that I've AMC theater up there. I went to the Harry Potter. I went to the Harry Potter a couple times, so like I walked through. Well, I don't mean um, Universal no, I know. Studios Walk, theme park. I mean City Walk. My it's, problem is it's interesting. It's interesting. It's just a mall you have to pay twenty bucks to park at. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, and it's it, not quite. It's purely. I don't tourist. know that it's quite for locals. Yeah, I think it's more about people who don't mind park paying twenty bucks to park because they're. They don't live here. Like, I think my tweet was, they're opening up a voodoo donut, but it's True. a city walk, which is like putting the cure for the Zika virus in a, in a <laughs> in, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a pile of, of fucking shit. Like, <laughs> like, it's such a great thing, but you have to go to city walk to go there. Yeah. It's like Shake Shack. Yeah, but Shake Shack isn't up there, is it? No, but it's in an equally, it's, it's in an equally fucked place. It's on the corner. It's in Boys Town, on the corner of like Santa Monica and La. That's West Hollywood. Yeah, which is, and there's nowhere to park there, literally. Right, right. They they opened up a giant restaurant where there's genuinely no place to park your car. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Los Angeles. Um, what movies have you seen that you've liked recently? Anything? In in the, in the fact that 2016 was a deluge of shit. Is there anything that stood out to you? Yeah, it's easier to talk about the stuff that I've seen and liked than it is to talk about other things. Sure, I get it. Um, John Carney, the writer-director of Once and... The Irish thing? Yeah, and Begin Again Okay. with Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knightley has made a movie called Sing Street that the Weinstein Company has taken out, which is a sort of coming-of-age story in Ireland set in the 1980s. A kid who basically like wants to start a new wave band fashioned after all this exciting new music that he's... And these music videos for groups like Duran Duran that he's seeing on sure. his TV and his sort of very middle-class Irish household. Amazing movie. Great, great movie. And the third sort of kind of romance made by this writer-director. Irish tri- his Irish trilogy. It's kind of a romance, yeah. And uh, that just gets to an unbelievably, much like the first two movies, Once and Begin Again, come, arrives at a a very melancholy tone in its last scene that I just could live in for the rest of my life. I just loved it. So there's Sing Street. Um, I did not see... I like Jungle Book. 
I like Jungle Book a lot. Very much. I, I really like Jungle As Book. As to a Bill lot. Condon. Um, I was a huge fan of that. And what what's cool about that is bef- about two th- about a month before that movie came out, I was I was at an event and I randomly found myself in a conversation with John Favreau, right? Wow. And I did not want to annoy or bother him. So he like I was like, "Oh, I'm excited for the Jungle Book." Uh-huh. And he was like, "Yeah, oh, thanks me too. Do you want to f- know how I made it?" And I was like, "What?" Every time I thought I should stop asking a question, he would tell me more. We spoke for an hour about the process. How cool. So after that. Where was that? Um, just at a random party. Okay. And after, but, but John Favreau never met me in a million years. And I was so yeah. engaged and excited to hear about how they did the shadows live on set and just, wow. and just the, the art behind the CGI and the 3D yeah. that seeing the actual movie after hearing that dude's passion for it yeah. was really fucking cool because it was kind of a home run in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would see a million, I would see Lion King tomorrow in that style. Oh, I'm sure you will. Uh, I hope I have so. No I hope doubt. to. Yeah, yeah. I have no doubt. I mean, it, Jungle Book at this point has made so, somewhere between eight and $900 million globally in theatrical Revenue and alone. This might be really dumb, but it also gives me hope. Like when all these CGI animal movies started coming out, like Underdog and Alvin and the Chipmunks. Sure. I thought they were going to star anthropomorphic animals that talked, as opposed to like weird cartoons in a human world. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you can do this animal technology now, right? Like, there's yeah. no reason to not make Alvin and the Chipmunks with actual fucking real chipmunks with clothing on. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, yeah, Why not? I would yeah. be more excited for that. So I'm, uh, if anything, Jungle Book is a huge leap forward in technology. I think. Yes, I don't disagree. And I mean, for, it's a solid movie too. Yeah, and for Team Beauty and the Beast, which is the movie that literally I think was Bill even when we no last made a podcast was Bill even making this movie no for the Walt Disney Company no he was doing Sherlock Mr Holmes yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously, I mean, it's almost everyone who listens to this already knows Bill is, is just finishing up actually the live action, so-called live action Beauty and the Beast for Disney movie musical, but why so-called? Well, because there's of course a lot of, there's a lot of everything in it. Of course there is Stanley Tucci was just at a comic con somewhere, I think maybe Pittsburgh and was, um, uh, you know, recorded on video as talking about the the awe-inspiring practical sets that were built for the Beast Castle and Bell's poor provincial town and so on, but also um, how real candles were lit by hand for every take on those castle sets. So there's like a real sense of Please. practicality, yeah. but of course, will there be, is it also a visually effects-rich movie I don't know of course so well I mean is it too much to a add? real beast castle was not built sure. in a French forest I'm not worried about that is it the whole too movie much? was shot at Shepperton is Lumiere entirely CGI is this stuff that's announced yet mm. like no and those... it will not be announced on this podcast okay that's the thing that yeah. I think I'm wondering at least and that's what yeah. the teaser did so well it's like turn the camera around let me see Cosworth and Lumiere bro like yeah, you only hear their voices in yeah, the teaser trailer. Yeah, and it's super exciting because yeah. I want to know what they will look like in a rendered of 3D universe. Yeah, of course. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's a version that is the Beauty and the Beast Broadway show, which is a dude with like a fucking candle ma- yeah, hat exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. No, the only thing I would say, which I don't think is, um, I don't think is giving anything away. I think that the, 
one of the things that Bill and give something away will pop yeah, this podcast. Yeah, dude. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that Bill and his production designer Sarah Greenwood have done on this movie is, as opposed to other movies that exist in the the vast Walt Disney um, catalog of movies, but also even in their their um, recent live action fairy tale movies like Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella, etc is that as you've already seen, which is to say I'm that not really I'm not telling you Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella. That really is a thing? You're not aware of that? No. They made a, well, they made a live action Cinderella movie and Kenneth Branagh yes. directed it? Yes. When was this? Uh like 2 or 3 years ago? Oh no. Did, no? It apparently didn't do well. The blue right? dress? No, I don't No, know. it was very successful. Really? Yeah. Who is the uh, Cinderella? Uh maybe Lily James, maybe? I don't know what that is at all. I swear to God, I have no idea this exists. Well, there we are. All right. Okay. Um, Did it have the mice and stuff? Yes. Like CGI talking mice? Yes. How do I not... The pumpkin turned carriage. The teaser teaser trailer of the spinning glass slipper and the accompanying teaser poster of the glass slipper. What was the movie called? Cinderella? Uh, it was called Disney's Cinderella. Wow, I have, I'm, nope. <laughs> Not a clue. That's hilarious. Um, well, that's something that's happened clearly since we last saw each other. All those Disney movies? Well, no, Disney's Cinderella, I think, is maybe two, three years ago. And Alice. Are you looking it up? Yeah. And Alice in Wonderland. Disney's Alice in Wonderland, which was directed by Tim Burton, birthed this entire so-called live-action fairy tale movie genre that Disney has done so well since then. Uh, other other studios who have tried to cut in on that business, Warner Brothers and Universal, have done much less well. Warner Brothers has done disastrously with their live-action fairy tale movies, such as Red Riding Hood or... What is that? Catherine Hardwick's Red Riding Hood. Who's You've never it? heard of it. No. You'd have to look it up. I, I couldn't tell you who's in my, it. My, uh, Jack the Giant Slayer. Have you heard I, of that? I heard of that because it didn't right. do well and because Singer did it. I think here comes Tarzan. I mean that. Oy. It's not a brand unless the Disney unless Disney's Look, name is in front of it. I saw that trailer recently in theaters, and I thought it was for the Casper Van Dien one. Like, well, that's, that's not, how that's shitty. That's not a good fucking, thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, let me finish my sentence. Okay. So, <laughs> unlike previous Walt Disney movies, both animated and live action, including the more recent live action versions, Bill and his production designer Sarah Greenwood. Can you believe it? Amanda Seyfried. That's the front door. You're going to have to riff, brother. Apparently, this movie starred Amanda Seyfried, Gary Oldman, who played the wolf. Oh, Shiloh Fernandez. Guys, are you aware that this film exists from 2011? Because I'm sure as hell not. Um, Marlon. It's Marlon Wayans, of course, our, uh, our drop-in guest here. This movie cost $95 million to make. It made $200 million, which is in a uh, complete loss, guys. No, now we're back on Cinderella. Uh, that's why I never heard of it. It only made $200 million. This can't be good, but I like Rob Brighton. Jack went to another room or something, and you'd think I would stop doing the podcast, but I get paid by the uh, minute, so. You know what up? Um, sorry if I offended Richard Kelly or Laura Linney. Jack needs to give me a list of people he's friends with before every episode. That way I will know to not talk about them. 
But because he's gone, I will just now talk shit about every celebrity I can in the hopes that a few of them are, in fact, Jack friends. Um, a Walmart just opened in Burbank. People on Twitter are very excited. Now I'm just going to read Twitter and describe what happens. Apparently, uh, there's a new Mac and Cheetos that exists. So it's Cheetos with macaroni inside of it. I don't know that that's real. It looks pretty disgusting. I probably will try some. All right, I'm going to pause till Jack comes back because this is silly. So I left Matt Cohen alone to uh, go help the guys figure out the, the replacement situation on our and uh, cable. And you'll never know what happened in between. Exactly, because I will never listen to this. If you thought that Laura Linney, Richard Kelly shit was bad, oh boy. <laughs> I just looked at people in your house and framed photos and talked shit about them. I just had a vision of you being left in the, um, in the Jeep like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park and ending with, uh, and now I'm here uh, alone in this living room and uh, that's chaos theory. I read Twitter for a while. Apparently there's Mac and Cheetos. That's the thing people are talking about on Twitter right now. I think they're Cheetos with macaroni and cheese inside of them, which sounds not great. I mean, come on. I don't know where you would acquire them either, but I saw huh. a picture. Um, all right, so just to get this anecdote out, Bill and his production designer, Sarah Greenwood, have seen to it that in that fairy tale way, as you've already seen from the 90-second teaser trailer that we released about a month ago, the look and feel of the Beast's Castle is appropriately French. Yes, I agree. That's it. Having just been in France, too, yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. So when it comes to the castle staff, They're which French. are ob cursed objects They're all in the Beast's Castle, they are the Beast's staff who are under the same spell that the Beast is under, and they have been turned into inanimate objects, or I shall we say animated objects, um, as you know them from the 1991 animated movie. They are, let's just say that they don't look like uh, Spanish household articles in an otherwise French castle. What are you looking at? I'm looking at... Is there uh, a guy looking through the window? No, but you have all of the... Um, what are those called again? Uh, oh, yeah, Funko Pops. The pop beauty. I'm, looking, I'm just looking at Beauty and the Beast characters. Yeah. Because well, Cogsworth is a Brit. He is, but, but is the clock itself... British looking? Where was the clock made, right? Uh, do they get morphed with a the thing they're holding, or do they just turn into a thing I don't that know. represents I know. their personality? They're twisted. They're t they have um, body parts that are just sort of hanging out as if they'd melted in. Yeah, no. they're all like Cronenberg uh, exactly. monsters. Exactly. Uh, it's Lumi all about Lumi's just arm is body always horror. on fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chip so. is stuck in in uh, what's her name, Mrs. Cup, Mrs. Potts, Mrs. Potts, belly. Mrs. Cup, Mrs. Yeah. Cup, yeah. Well, that's the the joke is is sort of like when when the if and when the curse is lifted at the end of this particular fairy sure. tale, and the castle staff are potentially returned to their human forms. Does does Chip look like that kid from Del Toro's uh, The Devil's Backbone with a big Chip cut down cut his forehead his with his yeah, yeah. yeah? Oh, you're right. <laughs> That's you know? a great. Oh no! I'm gonna steal that. That's a great sketch, actually. Well, they bring all the characters from Beauty and the Bee back to life, but Chip is dead because there's a gash missing from his skull, yeah, and they all just yeah. scream horrifically. It's just a chip. Yeah. 
Um, no, I'm excited for that, man. That'll be fun. It's really, really good, dude. It's really good. What else are... Uh, it's so, so good. Are you excited for Independence Day? Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm stoked. I love the design from the original movie, which is another movie made right around the same period as Disney's Beauty and the Beast and Jurassic Park, so it's sort of 90s nostalgia yeah. all over again. Um, so, is Bay- so is every single movie that's coming out this year? Yeah, I guess so, Baywatch. <laughs> but is Baywatch, Baywatch is not this summer, is it? It's next summer. Wow, I just can't wait. They threw that shit down two years in advance. It's crazy, dude. It's going to be awesome, I hope. I really like The Rock. Who's the director? I have no clue. Yeah. Probably doesn't matter because it's the yeah. rock. It's just the rock will care. And Zach Efron, right? It's the rock and Efron and a bunch of girls and then like Pam Anderson and right. all of them did cameos and stuff. Right. Um How did you come down by the way? Obviously I mean three years have gone by since we've talked about any of this stuff, but how did you come down on um episode seven, the oh, Force I loved Force it. Awakens? I loved it. And it was tough because again I am friends with Max Landis, so I was thoroughly embedded in both sides of this argument. What was that argument? I missed it. The Mary Sue thing. Oh, yeah. That was kind of Max's creation, unfortunately. Is that true? Yeah, and he got, yeah. The whole Lexi out. Yeah, it turned into a whole thing. If, but it's not true with that character, is no, it? No, it's not. Um, ugh, who fucking cares? I mean, even if it is true. it. Can you give us a 60 seconds on that for the... But the traditional definition likewise of a Mary, uninitiated of a Mary listener. Is, it's a term that I forget who created it. I forget when they created it, but it basically means an imp- an over empowered female character for the sake of having an empowered female character. Basically, uh huh. Right. Yeah. Like no real struggle, no real arc. She starts the movie as a superhero and ends the movie as a superhero. To be fair, she doesn't though. There are shades of it. She gets. She's real good at the force, real fucking quick. Well, she's got it. Look, right? it's not a perfect movie. She doesn't know she has it yet, though. Hang on just one oh. second. Pause. Okay, so you were saying she's really good at the Force. I forgot what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, look, by no means is that movie a perfect script. And the more, Agreed. You, the more you pick it apart, the less fun it becomes. So that's why I don't pick it apart. And I've only seen it twice. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I still enjoy the shit out of it. For me, it's a first hour, second hour movie. I love the first hour. And the second hour, I, f- I find very problematic. Um, God, oh, I was on somebody else. I think I was on. Well, it's I don't. It's not like I go on anybody, uh, everybody else's <laughs> podcast. I was on Alonzo Duralde and Dave White's podcast, which is called Linoleum Knife, and I think I was. Yeah, I was on a Star Wars episode with a bunch of other hardcore fanboys talking about. I was thinking like. God, didn't I just didn't I talk holding a microphone to my face about this Mary Sue thing? And um, I thought the setup, all the setup, meeting her character and all that stuff on that planet was great. I thought his introductory scene was great, but I did think that um, I sat there at the premiere, pardon me, um, f- and felt nothing at the death of Han Solo, which for me is very problematic. Um, yeah, me neither. And look, there's a lot of problematic things with it. However, yeah. is it better than any of the prequels by 80 times? So I think so. Yeah. Although I would say there's, there's 10 minutes here, 11 minutes there, 14 minutes here in each of those sure. prequel movies, each of the three prequel movies that are 
where George Lucas does well, get it up the, and the and hits it out of the park. I still I still think uh, Duel of the Fates, which is amazing, Maul versus Qui Gon and Obi, is the yeah. best thing in any Star Wars movie. It's pretty great. You know that being and that said, John Williams cue, sure, but pretty on, amazing. On a whole, Force Awakens did what it needed to do for me, which was get me liking Star Wars. I immediately yeah. went out and bought like all the Captain Phasma merch I could find and shit. Right? Why it, it worked? I just like the design. Okay. I don't give a fuck about the character. Yeah. I've had this argument with people so many times. Well, there is no character. No, I don't care if they put out a line of multicolored stormtroopers. I'll buy every one. They look cool. Yeah. I just like the iconography of the stormtrooper sure. helmet. Sure. Colored. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a pop art thing to me. Yeah. Um, and like they might make her character cool in this movie. They will. I don't think they're introducing a character that they're going to do absolutely nothing with over the course of a trilogy. No, and and she'll become more important. Yeah, I'm less excited about Rogue One, but but more excited than a lot of people seem to be. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm very excited for it. I think it looks cool, and and people are saying the reshoots because it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Good. Well. Yes, except you're arguing against your own point there because if they're reshooting it because it didn't feel like a Star Wars I, I movie to make it feel more like I'm a Star Wars movie than dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just see, it's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly this week. I didn't. Yeah, that, it was on the, Twitter um, this morning. What's her, the girl, uh, the female lead was? Yeah. And um, tomorrow, no, what's her, it's they're the teasing from, it's Darth the, Vader's return. It's the girl from um, uh, House of Cards. Or Game of Thrones, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so terrible with all that There's stuff. There's too many new people, Jack. Yeah, I know. I don't know who anyone is. I'm barely under. I'm barely starting to know who Robert Redford is. I mean, I'm yeah. there. Um, let me but think. more Imperial Walkers. Sure. More great, TIE Fighters that are called TIE Strikers. The Imperial Walker is more of a cargo transpo thing than an attack tank. Um, a different kind of stormtrooper. You've seen those. I think they're called death troopers. They're gold. They're no, they're gold. black. Oh, I thought I saw a gold one in the trailer too. Maybe in the teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't keep know. giving me different colored stormtroopers. I'll be happy. That's all you want. That's literally all I want. How old are you? Thirty-one. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't buy another single toy from the movie. The only merchandise I have is Phasma, and I have like twelve of them. Wow, that's hilarious. I, I like me some Phasma. And have you converted certain of them into say pepper mills or? Bongs. I wish. That's a great the idea. The Phasma bong. Um, I'm still trying to get that cabin in the woods bong. Do you remember? No. He had a coffee. Co- he had a coffee thermos that Fran Cran's character that he extended into a bong. Okay. No, and I have no memory of it. Someone started it, and it's real now. But it's That's not. Hilarious. It's not the exact same. Huh. Let me ask you this, Matt Cohen. So, are you going to Comic Con this I'm July? Not. That's me neither. Changed. I haven't been in uh, three years. Me neither. <laughs> you haven't either. No. So the last time I saw you was our last Comic Con, probably. Did we see each other down there? Uh, I think. Well, didn't we do a Team Jack live from there, or was that the prior year? Well, I certainly was down for both Breaking Dawns, and then I went the following year. My God. friend Eric Odom and I went to hang out with El James of Fifty Shades of Grey at a few of those studio parties. That was the final year. I think that was the same year. I think there was a party for Kick-Ass 2. I don't remember. What were the parties? Fuck, man. I just went to Nerd Age. It was when Nerd HQ was in the baseball stadium. Yeah. Second year of that. I don't know when I went, but I stopped going, and then I started... Um, I'm not going to do it this year, but I left the country <laughs> to escape FOMO. So I went to Japan one July, and then last I remember year that. I went to Europe for a month by myself. Where'd you go? Um, all over. I... Uh, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Germany. Wow. And they like, rented cars and stuff. And wow. Yeah, it was fun. What was your favorite? 
in Europe? Yeah. Um, I like oh. Paris. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had, um I realized I'm a city person after my Europe trip. Interesting. Like, that's probably my last Europe trip. Like I'm gonna go back really? to Japan. Yeah. It's just it. The, um the. Th- I thought it would be all magical and be- Beauty and the Beast is my frame of reference for like what I want Europe to be like, like all provincial France from a cartoon. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's mostly not that, and it's mostly right. like they don't have cold water and everything closes at five o'clock, and like yeah. it is not a world of convenience, Europe. Right. Not a lot of air conditioning, and like I realized how spoiled I was after right. being there for a week. Like right. I did the typical shitty American tourist thing, but I, I owned it. I don't care. That's fine. You are um, who you are. Well, that's why I realized that's why I like Japan so much. It's the only country with more convenience than us. It's interesting. It's, it's more shopping based and more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm and con- truly, I'm and probably man. never closes, right? Nothing ever, literally. Truly, the city that tr- never tr- sleeps. Tr- a thousand percent, yes. Yeah. Wow. Twenty four hour everything. And I presume Tokyo then. Yeah, Tokyo's my any thing. place else. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been to Japan three times now in the last few years. Um, did you go to Ghibli? Uh, I did, yeah, my first trip. I went to Studio Ghibli. 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 Giblets. Uh, Feige, 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 I did, Ghibli. I did, like, all the geek shit, and I traveled around Japan a little bit, but, like, now it's just, I'll go back for uh, nine days just in Tokyo. Like, that's all I need. Right. My, a Tokyo fix. You okay. Know I, mean? I have friends there and stuff. And okay. I can get weed there, which is weird. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. It's fun for me. Easily? Um, uh yeah i know white people well okay yeah same with europe not even and plus for all the pot smokers out there amsterdam's i've been ever since i got back i've been leading a campaign of not of telling people not to go to amsterdam just overrated the weed is terrible really we like we live in amsterdam right now if that makes any sense you know what i mean in california you mean yeah we have the best weed in the world in california certain certain american states like a lot of them now (laughs) Well, that's something that's kind of changed in the last three years, right? Uh, yeah, three years I ago. I just can't remember you ever really openly referring to your cannabis my pot usage. on um, our radio program. Uh, well, three years ago, it was just California, I think. And now there's like California, Colorado, and Oregon, Washington, and Oregon. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's getting crazy, man. Well, look, dude, I mean, you can't beat that tax revenue. Yeah, and also it's just such not a big deal. Like I, yeah. so I, I watch cops a lot. I, I've always liked cops. So I, I mm-hmm. yesterday I was watching cops, and some guy got pulled over and busted for like a gram of weed. And on my table in front of me was two legal ounces, and I yep. was like, "This is just a weird world." Yeah, that is just state borders dictate what yeah. me going to jail or me just chilling was in that, my living was room. Was that particular episode in black and white? Uh, I wish. Did it have old timey title cards? No, dude. It was now <laughs> in like Utah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a fresh up, but they don't still make cops. They don't? I don't know. Yeah, they do. Really? Yeah, it's been on for like 28 seasons. No shit? Yeah, they do, man. Fox. Wow, I would have just assumed it was all. I think it's all on FX now. I think they wow. moved it from Fox to FX. Jeez. Well, um, when's that summer event movie coming? The cops movie? Yeah. I wish. Can you imagine? Well, think We're about it. Why haven't they done that as a 21 Jump Street style, just straight up Channing I guess, Tatum well, I guess the one thing comedy. Have, the one thing you have with that property. Because in the, in the sense of- As War- a satire. Well, here's the thing. Why did World Warcraft fail, right? Did it fail? Wait, what do you mean? They made a, a World of Warcraft movie? <laughs> so, so I was talking to someone the other day. It, um, it has to get the 500 million to get a sequel. Uh-huh. Studio mandate, like, like I mean, this might be inside gossip or whatever, but yeah. that, it has to yeah. be five hundred million. It's at three fifty right now. 
Yeah. 200 of that's in China. Yeah. There's no fucking way it's getting to 500 million. Would seem unlikely. Okay. Why did speaking that... Of, speaking of directors who may be facing... Mm, yeah, which sucks. Movie jail. I, I don't think it's his fault, weirdly enough. No. It I may really, or may not. I mean, it's a tricky, it's a tricky scary brand. And I forget brand. who said it. It might have even been Farachi, but someone online said, look, Legendary basically paid a shitload of money to acquire a list of spell names... There is, no, there is no IP with World of Warcraft. I've never played the games, but I'm right. familiar enough with pop culture to, right. to know things about things that I don't play. Right. There's nothing to know about World of Warcraft. It's right. just a generic sword and monster universe. Okay. So they got handed that, and they were like, make something semi-faithful to the games, which are nonsense, non-story yeah. Fantasy 101 games, and that's the movie you got, yeah. in my opinion. That's what it looked like. That's the problem is Fantasy 101. it's not based on anything good. three novels by J.R.R. Tolkien. Sure, and going back, weirdly enough, to the cops thing, the one thing you have with cops, I guess, would be if you did the entire movie found footage Because yeah. what, what's, the, what's the brand that would carry over to a comedy version? It's not just a couple cops. Yeah. I guess you would have to, it would be the camera crew would have to be involved in every scene. Yeah. Which is a fun, yeah, it is fun. It's a, here's the thing, Matt Cohen, it's a brand. Sure. And if it's a brand, there are people out there who are looking every which way as to, do we make it a comic book? Do we make it a Broadway musical? You read, you may have read Monopoly, the Broadway musical. Is it going to be a rap? I'm waiting for every announced knows, musical dude. to be a rap version. Because we in also a, have in the Hamilton, post-Hamilton theatrical sense. universe. Yeah, yeah. You guys are musical guys, or, or Bill certainly is. Certainly right? the other half is, yeah. Did he see Hamilton? Yes, Did of he course. like it? Yes, of course. When's that movie coming? <laughs> when Lin-Manuel Miranda says it's coming, and, prob- and very likely directed by Mr. Miranda. And probably happening too, right? Probably happening. You think in the in the chance that like Wicked never got a movie and Book of Norman never got Universal a movie. dated Universal dated Wicked for three years from now, Christmas three years from now, Christmas twenty nineteen I think with Adina Menzel or no? No. Okay. And it's believed that Stephen Daldry is directing it, but and but like, so, not even with that level of formality in the I'm, announcement. I'm they just a, planted their flag on a date. I'm not a musical guy, but I don't understand why more of these musicals don't get ported into films. Because many of them are not titles that anyone is going to show up at the multiplex and say, give me two tickets like for Rent, Rent did not Miss do Saigon. Well. Rent did not do well as a film, right? No, and Rent does and point, the points biggest. up a certain issue with movie musicals or musicals that are coming over from six very very successful stage runs on broadway and then in touring productions is um if you wait too long and separately and together select the wrong director you fuck yourself that's why they need a hamilton movie like now well, in my opinion. they are filming it, I think, which... Uh, I just read that. Yeah, yeah. They're bringing According back. to my friend Don, will be aired on PBS, actually. Really? Well, they film everything, dude. I mean, everything is... Archived. Most everything that opens on Broadway is fi- is filmed and then archived at the library at Lincoln Center. Anybody can go up and watch this stuff. Because, like, I would... I, I, for instance, I love the show Avenue Q. Yeah. But I, I, there's never been a released uh, film version of that. You know what I mean? And right. that show has not been on That Broadway gets into rights decade. issues with yeah. the composers and so forth and royalties and all of that. You Makes know? sense. Yeah. Um, what are you excited for coming up? Anything? Rogue One. That's it? 
That's on your only thing on your radar. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on my mm, Spider-Man: Homecoming, which just started not gonna shooting. lie, dude. Uh, Great White Sharks are my spirit animal, which I did see last November. Yo, that movie looks. Are you talking about the, the flesh? The Blake Lively movie. No, I'm talking about the experience I had cage diving with nine oh. great white sharks last November. Okay. But yeah, the Blake Lively, Lively awesome. movie, which opens Friday, The Shallows. Looks great. I'm there. I, I saw that trailer. I've never seen Blake Lively in a movie before. I didn't know who she was. I was yeah. like, I will watch that movie because it looks cool. Well, look, I mean, they gave me what I wanted in that trailer, which is a white shark uh, breach, breaching fucking, yeah. and uh, eating a scuba diver. When was... Now, there was that... What was that? Was it called Deep? Deep Blue Sea. Blue, was it Deep Blue Sea? No, no, no. Deep Blue Sea. Not not the Samuel Jackson one. Okay. The one about the two swimmers. Deep oh, Waters? Yeah. or uh, Dark Waters or something? Because it's not like they don't make a shark yeah, who movie are, every who are, it's, it That was kind of referred to as the Blair Witch Project of yes. shark movies. Yes. Like they make, yeah. they, they try a shark movie every few years. Yeah. It's not like well, it's a I mean, look at the numbers that away. Discovery pulls down on Shark Week, shark week every shark. year, every summer. And now uh, Sharknado. Yes, exactly. Um, so no, that movie looks cool. I don't even know if anything else is coming out. We're it's in, like, rough, dude. It's, it's a rough zone. summer. It's this summer and this year in general seems as weak as last summer or, and last year was historically strong. Um, I'm very excited that even though he's not directing it, the Gilliam Don Quixote movie is finally moving forward. If it is. It is. Well, we'll hear? see. I mean, it's got a... Isn't that one that you you kind of only believe it when you see it on the... the See the poster in the case? Gilliam's not directing it, which makes me believe in it a lot more. Interesting. And, it, and it's Adam Driver as the lead now, which makes me also believe in it happening a lot more. Because it'll probably just but be Do you cheap. want to see that movie? Uh, yes, because Michael Palin got announced as Don Quixote. And that, to me, is wow. the best permutation of the three they've tried. And Adam Driver as Sancho Panchez yeah, exactly. or whatever. Or whatever the Johnny Depp character was. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so weird. And I lo- I'm i a huge Monty Python fan, so just okay. I would see that for Michael Palin alone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, How about Blade Runner? Duh. How about Alien I'll be, I'll Alien Covenant? I've seen the original Blade Runner once. Is that true? And only only saw it in the last like three years, maybe. Yeah. You know what you should do? You should watch it again and try. Have you ever smoked marijuana? I, a couple times. I think I might have done that during that. <laughs> um, it was okay. It was just, yeah. Uh, it's long. It's it's also that eighties. It's, it's also that aesthetic I've been seeing my whole life. To yes. See a whole movie of it you was take kind for of granted. overkilly. Yeah. Almost. Does that make sense? Sure. I, that's what it was, that 80s, because like, also I was too young when it came out, so it was never right. It was never cutting edge or... That's what it is for me, I think. I have the same problem with Tron, which I didn't see until my late 20s. The original. Yeah. Yeah. I go like, I get that in 1980, whenever, this was a big deal. Right. Um, How do you come down on Tron Legacy? Garbage. How dare you? I like you? the soundtrack. How dare you? Um, I, like I the love the world of it. I love the tone of it and the world of it, and that's good enough for me. But is Ridley directing the Blade Runner sequel? No. See, that also, I like Ridley Scott still. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is directing Alien, Alien Covenant. Which is yeah. Prometheus 2, right? Yes. It's literally what, it's in between yeah. Prometheus and Alien? Yeah. And it turns out that contrary to earlier reports, Numi Rapace, I think that's how we pronounce is her name. Is in it or no? She is actually coming back, yes. Is As is Michael Fassbender. So Fassbender is coming back. Yes. So he's alive. So it is It is yes. the continuation of that story. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. They've already released a still of Fassbender with Ridley, so we've seen his character, which is a synthetic or named David, with his 
new body, as you remember, the, he ended the, Prometheus as a disembodied head. He's the first Ash, right? Yes. He's the prototype for Ash and Bishop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which doesn't make any sense, because isn't Bishop then revealed to be an exact clone of Wayland? I can't remember. It, yes. In one of those movies that in is, for Alien me, not canon. Predator. Not canon. Lance Henriksen plays... No, no, no. It's not Lance Henriksen? No, I'm just giving oh. you... I'm talking to you and me yeah, speak. he comes back. Can you not? Sorry. No, no, no. Um, yeah, that was Go to sentence and deactivate. That wasn't very good. It's a hawk. There's two hawks. Um, so Blade Runner, that's about it, I guess, right? What, for this podcast? Nah, I guess that and movies coming out in general. Yeah. Well, how... We're good on time. Oh, yeah. We gave them eight extra minutes, man. They're, they're thrilled. We're at, what, 58 minutes? We're at uh, an hour and eight. Wow. Damn, Daniel. All you right. love that reference. I do. Is it your thing? I, t- I lifted it out of any, any and all context. <laughs> it's just my explanation of surprise now. Um, I'll bring it around in like eight years when no one remembers it. That's my move. Damn, Daniel. That's my move is to wait. And, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just now doing my wife. I don't know like, about that one. My wife, like Borat. <laughs> or like I do a lot really? of Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. People, wow. People don't expect it. Did you, um, did you happen to read that interview given Vulture slash New York Magazine from that kid who was on uh, The Real O'Neill's Noah Galvin? No. He gave an interview, young actor named Noah Galvin. He's on this uh, ABC show. He is the lead of that show. He, I've never seen even a minute of his work, but I understand that he's, um, he is a playing a gay character who is, shall we say, ex- very gay. Okay. Um, on the gay scale of gay, and he gave a blistering probably not sober interview to this outlet where he uh, condemned Colton Haynes's coming out style. He threw a certain director under the bus of which we will not speak. He outed someone? No, he threw a certain director okay. under the bus of which we will, will not speak. Okay. He went after another actor who is on Modern Family, I think Eric Stone Street. Sure. That's went the- after him. Yeah, anyway, this kid... Um, the only reason I mention it is that as this blew up Twitter one morning, just after I woke up, I suddenly learned two other terms in the gay vernacular, which okay. probably started in so-called gay ghettos or African-American uh, watering holes, one of which is called spilling the tea. Don't know that one. Have you heard that one? Nope. That's uh, when you're talking trash about somebody named after old-fashioned southern tea parties that were held just for the purpose of gossiping about your neighbors while drinking tea. So spilling the tea or serving tea is one expression, and the other one is going in on. So if, for instance, I started talking shit about you right now, I could be said to be going in on you. That sounds more southern than gay to me. Yay is, is a nickname for cocaine. I knew that. Okay. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Come on. Right. So um, that's awesome, then. Yeah. So you learn new things every day. What did? Uh, so this kid is openly gay, but he went after o- other. Oh, closeted gay. No, he didn't go no, after. He didn't gay. go after anyone closeted. All the people yeah, all that he people went after are openly gay. Yeah. But he, shall we say, passed strong judgment on certain of their behaviors or experiences. Oh. Oh yes. Do not. 
I'm not saying a word. <laughs> um, anyway. You guys all have Google. Um, then he was very quickly met by a battery of, shall we say, extremely, extraordinarily high-powered, great white shark, megalodon attorneys who very quickly shoved their words right into his mouth and within and within about two to three hours of hit of that interview going online their words were pouring forth from his mouth and he's at uh abc is talking about cutting the series order short uh, this kid is fucking wow done, done. that's crazy yeah. done hey man because rule rule one in show business is you don't you do not talk shit in the press ever 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 and that if you learned anything from this episode of team jack folks yeah so we don't should talk we, shit let's the call press. the let's call the episode rule 1 okay deal all right uh so that's it yeah, man, we're back really we're hoping to um to make a show every week i guess until bill condon comes back to los angeles and says jack do you have to do that here? <laughs> anyway, that's awesome, not for man. a few months yet, so we should be able to get some under our belt before then. Sweet. And with that, we cut to Christopher Hoag's outro music that he composed for us uh, 34 years ago, next February, when we started this podcast. Bye. Bye.